When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back into the podcast. I'm very excited to have Coach Drickle with me. He's the co-offense coordinator at Army. Coach, welcome in. Hey, thank you very much for having me. I'm very nervous and excited for this one because you're big time. <laughs> uh, that is the opposite of the truth. Um, I think we, we could have done a whole podcast, the whole conversation we just had, actually, now that I think about that's, it. That's fair. We cover a lot of different uh, a lot of different stuff. I do that all the time. I can't shut up. I'm all about talking, and then I'm like, should I just Joe Rogan it and just hit record as soon as the person hops off? <laughs> my my problem is I get I don't want to like watch the news, but I look at memes on Twitter, so that's where I get basically all my information from. So I do if too. I don't see it on there. I don't I don't know if it even happened. I do too. It's Twitter. Uh, a little bit. Instagram's gotten better for me for that stuff. Um, there's like a someone sent me a funny reel today. It was being the center for seven on seven, and he would snap the ball, pile a cheeseburger from his hand. <laughs> the hand warmer and just eat it as he was snapping the ball. And I'm like, this is great. Like the internet when I was in great. high school. We, we had, like, we had like a little tray that snapped it and then countered to four and then did a buzzer. Oh, that's, that was, uh, that's good. that was pretty exclusive. That's a good idea. <laughs> that's a great idea. Cause we just did a, we don't do very many seven on sevens. The Chicago bears outreach program does one up here now. And it's two day, seven on seven and two day lineman challenges. But then you got to bring an extra lineman to be the center, and so it's just so that you're bringing awesome. you're bringing six linemen, and you can win money. The top eight win money. Uh, it's pretty fun. Uh, Rochester oh, always not win. a bad deal. Rochester wins. They come up to the suburbs and win. 
Yeah, I believe that. Those guys are those guys do an unbelievable job. I had a I got a chance when I was the OC at St. Ambrose University. I had a chance to coach a guy named Zach Grant, uh, who played at Rochester and led the entire nation in receiving. I think he had like twenty four hundred yards receiving his senior year of high school. I was gonna say so it sounds familiar. He was awesome. Played for us at Ambrose for a year and then transferred to Northern Illinois and then ended up at Illinois playing. So, yeah, that name sounds Coach familiar. Leonard, Coach, Coach Leonard, uh, Leonard's down there doing an unbelievable job. Always have. And, uh, fun to watch those guys coach. Oh, yeah. And the funny thing was, I've talked to him before coaching at Charleston, Illinois, coaching at Charleston High School in Charleston, Illinois. You're all around that. So, I met him before. When he came up here for this thing, I looked at the assistant coach. I was like, oh, I'm going to go talk to uh, Coach Leonard. And they're like, is that Derek Leonard? Like, he's a legend. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go talk to him. They're like, you're just going to go over there? And I was like, I've talked to him before. Walk up to him. I'm like, oh, Derek, how's it going? Blah, blah. And the other coaches, they're like, he just walks around like he's a regular guy. And I was like, he is a regular. What's wrong with you guys? He's just a regular guy. <laughs> like He's awesome. I don't know what the, what the national record is for winning percentage, but he's got to be up there. Yeah, that school's not very old. I didn't know that. Rochester's not very old. Um, it was built in like the 90s or something. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, yeah. I don't remember what his thing is. Um, but yeah. Um, so, Coach, how did you end up at Army? Like, what's the story to get you at Army? So, uh, I was the head coach at Kansas Wesleyan University. I'll kind of back up yeah. for a sec. So, uh Got done playing, got into coaching, uh, realized uh, after my time at Iowa and Western Illinois, I did not really – I didn't really want to go like the just GA and GA and GA and GA and try right. to move myself up uh, and, and hope I connect to the right people. I really wanted to coach and have a, a say in kind of what goes on and, and have some flexibility coaching different positions. So I wanted to move down in level so I could move up in title. So I, I got hired as the OC. And uh, that's a, a weird thing is I'm a, I played receiver in college and I'm an O-line coach and not very many of those <laughs> running around, I don't think. So <laughs> that's, a, that's a very, very rare uh, combination. But yeah, so I was at St. Ambrose as the OC. We scored a bunch of points. I got hired as the head coach at Kansas Wesleyan, which was awesome because it was like rebuilding a program. Mm -hmm. I mean – a total rebuild. I mean, it was, we branded the school colors, the school logo, the uniforms, the built a stadium, practice facility, locker room. Like it was awesome. It was mm -hmm. great experience. I got to hire all my buddies. Uh, so that was awesome. So anyway, we got there and, uh, uh, you know, got it going. And I think we, you know, the last year we were, we got we were scoring a bunch of points, right? So I got I got the chance to speak at the AFCA coaches convention. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And I I didn't really like look into it very much. I thought it was going to be one of those like you know breakout sessions with thirty people in it, and that'd be it. But there was like five hundred people in the room. Ugh. So I probably should have read that better. But uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway, I, I was talking about uh, the. Evolution of the run game was the, was the title of my talk, and it was basically like how people offensive football has really like done a 180, where people used to use a ton of different personnel packages and formations and play families, and now they've really replaced those with you know using space as a resource and tempo and, and mm -hmm. 
equating, you know, equalizing numbers and, and using space itself as a resource, right? So mm-hmm. did this talk, and afterwards, you know, you're kind of like, you know, you know, just talking, greeting people afterwards or whatever. And there was a guy that stood like 20 minutes to waited until he was the last guy there to talk to me. And it was Jeff Munkin. He was in the talk, he just, which kind of tells you about how he operates it. He's a sitting division one head coach. I believe he was like the national coach of the year mm-hmm. that year. And he's in a, listening to a talk from an NAI head coach. Um, so anyway, he's like, Hey, let's talk football and gave me his cell phone number and, I didn't think I was ever going to hear from him again. He called me like, or text me to talk football to him that night. So I went over to the lobby of his hotel and we talked football for two hours. Now I had, I had a huge advantage when I first met coach Munkin was that, well, two, one, I was a sitting head coach. Uh-huh. And, uh, so I think that kind of changes, you know, their viewpoint of you a little bit. So he didn't. And the other part was I was a gun, no huddle, you know, power spread RPO guy. So when I met with him, I was like, well, this is the last guy on earth <laughs> that would ever hire me. Right. You know I mean, we have like, he's a great guy or nothing but great things. He's at the coolest place. Like, but we just have nothing alignment wise with scheme. Well, you know, you can sit down and get talking. So I kind of like went in there with kind of like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to have one conversation with this guy and then I'm never going to talk to him again. So I kind of like, you know, probably let it rip more than most people do when they have a chance to talk mm-hmm. to coach Munkin. So, uh, uh, you start talking to him and he's way less scheme oriented as he is like culture mm-hmm. and big picture. You know, he wants discipline and assignment sound and violent football. And, and really when you start talking about that stuff, like we were almost identical in alignment when it came to that stuff. So he ended up bringing me out for a week of spring ball that year to be around the staff. And I think it was to see if I was like a weirdo or not. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like in, in hindsight to make sure I wasn't like a, you know, a bad guy or a total weirdo and, uh, you know, get, see how I'd fit with the staff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they went on to, when that would have been the 18 season. And I think they won 11 games that year. Mm-hmm. So they set the West point, the army football record for wins in a season. Well, at the same time we went, won our first 13 games and made it all the way to the national semifinals and finished with the number one ranked offense and real good and all that. So then uh, he had a chance to hire me, offer me a job as like an analyst, uh, in 19, which I did, and then moved on the field after that, uh, coaching tight ends. And then we've just made the big, huge switch offensively to a power spread system on offense uh, that he calls kind of, mo- uh, you know, he's re- he is branded as the modern warfare uh, mm-hmm. offense. You know, us kind of evolving and how we're going to go about it. And so that's it. That's how I got out here. And, you know, and, and a couple, like, just weird things. Like, my grandpa was in the Army. He was in the first army division the big red one at fort riley um and then my brothers i have a way older brother who's retired navy and a way older sister whose husband is a retired colonel who actually taught computer engineering at west point so i had actually the first time i ever came to west point was i was like 19 years old okay 19 or 20 years old something like that and had a chance to see it was like oh my god because when you're from iowa and you're in new york 
Yeah, yeah. You just assume New York City. You right. I mean, like the whole thing is New York City. Well, once you get away from Manhattan, everything is. The rest of New York looks like Pennsylvania and Ohio, and you know, it's a lot more what you're used to in your in your head. Right. Yes. Right. So, yeah, there are some cool connecting pieces, and then you get here and you work for the best head coach there is, and you you you're around the best kids that America can produce, and it's a pretty good situation. Yeah, well, you answered part of my question because I remember reading about your hearing about your offense, and then you're at Army where we're, you're not doing that. And I remember I was going to ask you that, like, well, you know, you're running this offense, you're going to go to Army where they run quote unquote triple option, you know, <laughs> like sure, like did you like in my mind? I'm like, oh, he's going there because it's an opportunity to be Division One, and you're going to have that opportunity. But then it also opens up doors to see like, well, how do they run a program? How do they block this? Maybe I can add that to this piece in my mind. Yeah, you know? that's, that's, that's exactly right. Like I wanted to selfishly as a head coach, I wanted to be around coach Munkin. Uh-huh. I wanted to see and, and like, see how this program that had really struggled until he got here, what, what was kind of the secret sauce that they were doing that made them all of a sudden be winning mm-hmm. eight, 10, 11 games, like how they became as powerhouse. And then the other thing is, is that when I was in, uh, Division One the first time. That's way different than how Division One is now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about between social media and the portal and NIL, and I mean, Division One football's changed a lot since I've been at Army, let alone since the stretch before then. So, uh, excuse me. There's a there. There were a million reasons why. The other thing is too is that was really the last offense I had not coached in. I had coached mm. in air raid and conventional spread and pro style and hybrids. I had coached in everything except for option, which okay. is why I never really ran any because I was like, "Well, shit, I can't, you know, I can't go rent, you know, buy some guy's DVD and then pretend I have all the answers." Right? You know what I mean? Like, I can't, I can't do that. So I never ran any option stuff because I didn't possess the knowledge to teach it. Right. So to get here to learn all that stuff, because any, you know, I can teach like RPO option rules and all that mm-hmm. stuff, but not true option. Why you call it? What's the counter plays to it? What's the play actions off? Of, I mean, there's a lot of stuff you got to answer. Hey, they, you know, it's an even front with a loose five or he's a squeeze five or he's, just, you know, surf read, whatever. Like there's a lot of answers you got to have. So the opportunity to learn and grow and get better was in, in every way, you know, really, really appealing to me and then obviously in a place like this is awesome so but yeah we were uh it was really cool to get to do that yeah now we're you know like i said switched systems completely for a lot of reasons so well yeah i think that was the title of the article was modern war like modern warfare army changes its identity and i read its article took it's so freaking long and i read it it was telling the history of army and when they tried to do this before and blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah. You know, like. So there's a lot of reasons why. Okay. So like there's, a, you know. Yeah. Get into it. Initial get into need, it. It's yeah, like I'm going to say some stuff that will probably upset a couple people. And you know what? That's just okay. So the idea, one, that Coach Munkin would just like knee jerk make a switch without putting a whole lot of thought into it is as uninformed of an opinion as a human being could ever have about anything. 
Mm -hmm. I'm probably being as subtle as I can about that. So there's a million things that went into it, right? Right. So one is, you know, the, the, the army, I think when Bobby Ross was the head coach, like, you know, I, I think way back in, in the early two thousands, he ran a conventional pro style system and mm -hmm. they struggled. Well, there's a lot of things that like, you know, that hurts you at an academy. Like number one is back then the rules at academies were way more uh, uh, constrictive to how big your kids could be. Mm -hmm. So that was that that was one. Two was nine eleven had just happened, and the fallout of that and like that, that's something people don't talk about. But like the service academies, especially West Point, like the war on terror and all that yeah. stuff, like that 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 took a toll on West Point when it came to, you know, like where our priorities were and, right. you know, who was going over there to do that and, and fix that and right wrongs. And so that, like there, that, that was coincided kind of together. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that, you know, they had, they had a lot of uh, things that were prioritized over just football mm -hmm. at the time. So that was a big part of it. And then a couple other things have happened since then is, one is it's it's not like the the, the under center triple stuff is nowhere near as prevalent today in high school football at, at any other point it has ever been. You know what I mean? It's it's hard to find teams that do that. Mm -hmm. So it's not even like even recruiting kids to okay, well I spend my whole high school career in the gun. It's like when you hear NFL teams talk about that. Well, this kid this this quarterback played his whole college career in the gun. Right. no huddle and now we're going to make him huddle and go under center like well there's a curve to learning that and sometimes it doesn't work well right. it's the same thing like not now so many more high schools are gun-based offenses now kids know that football right they, they understand those formations those formation families like the gun operation the meshes the reads the you know how to throw it they've been doing that a bunch so it became harder and harder to you know you recruit quarterbacks from gun systems or or conventional running backs and receivers that now have really, you know, they're able to run routes on every run play as opposed to have to, you know, dig out safeties and do all that stuff. So that that's part of it. Um, you know, then on top of which the NCAA changed these rules where skill kids can't cut block outside mm -hmm. of the box anymore. Mm -hmm. So now if you're a guy like take Wes Welker, and this is in, in any regular offense, but take a guy like Wes Welker, who's a, you know, Danny Amendola, Julian Edelman. Well, if they now have to go block, you know, these undersized players, they have to they run well. They have to go block these 220 pound safeties that are running downhill that no, mm -hmm. you can't cut me. Those guys get run through like homecoming banners. <laughs> it becomes a lot, a lot harder for those guys to defend themselves and protect themselves. And you've taken away a huge blocking resource for those guys right so shifting to getting bigger and heavier personnel on the field more 21 more 12 more 22 stuff like that well uh, you know 11 like that that's gonna help us get you know guys that can do that right um and fall in line with what people have been doing. So, uh, and on top of which, we'll we'll run option a bunch. You know, the, we we had really an army had transitioned real, real slowly over the last like four seasons to a power running attack 
that was dressed up like a flex bone. Mm-hmm. You know, we were we were a lot of the times, you know, having a tight end, a tight end attached, a tackle over to create a three man, some kind of three man surface. Mm-hmm. But we barely ran any triple option at all. Uh, I mean, near triple option by the end wasn't even in the playbook. So hmm. there, there's a lot of that, like some of those misconceptions where it's easy for a fan to just be like, oh, yeah, you know, Army runs triple option. Well, it's like you don't watch film because that hasn't <laughs> happened very much in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, it's one of those things that's just easy to say and it's probably comfortable to say. I, I listened to part of my take yesterday mm-hmm. and Greg Olson was on there talking about when he was calling the uh, <laughs> he was calling the. NFC championship game after Brock Purdy got hurt and then the backup quarterback Johnson got hurt. And he's like, well, no one could throw the ball. He's like, it was like watching an army game. And you're just like, damn, man, like (laughs) that's hard to, that's hard to get across to. So, um, we had really trained, we didn't have to make quite the transition that like, uh, like a Navy would where it's like, Hey, you're true flex bone option trying to make this wholesale switch right we had really been getting bigger and bigger uh personnel and people across the board for the last couple of years so and then obviously like in recruiting it makes a huge difference it already has made a huge difference in recruiting because the the type of quarterback you can recruit the type of receiver you can recruit the type of running back the type of old lineman you can recruit mm-hmm. now is totally different Right, like to me, it's 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 easy to recruit against teams that are under center triple, because if a kid has aspirations to go play in the NFL, now we'll be doing a lot of the things that that uh, will translate and carry over. Right, <laughs> and the other thing that like you know I'll get roasted for, and I don't care, but the whole idea that this like oh well the triple option is this great equalizer, and it just you know, it can fix any problem you got. Like that's, that is as categorically false as there could be. It's a great offense because the people that coach it, coach it really well, Mm -hmm. just like every other offense. Right. Like it, like it runs well, like teams that are run triple option that are poorly coached, it sucks. Right. And teams that run triple option that are good coaches, it's great. But that's the same with every kind of system. Right. So there's a lot of the things that, that Coach Munkin has that we are going to continue to do. Coach Munkin, more than any other head coach that I've ever been around or, or talked with, he does the best job of framing games to win them. Meaning, mm-hmm. like, how does the offense, the defense, and the special teams function together to complement one another to win this game this week? Mm-hmm. And they're all egos and stats are checked at the door and you do whatever it takes to win. And, you know, like if that was the case that all you have to do is just run this kind of offense and it, it, it makes up for personnel. Well, it's like I said, like Ryan day would be doing this at Ohio state. Jim Harbaugh right. would be doing this to go, <laughs> to go beat the Georgias and Alabama. Uh-huh. So nobody invests more time and, and resources into making sure their programs are successful than some of those blue blood power fives that are juggernauts that spent hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, if that was, if it was just, Oh, we'll just run this offense and your troubles are over. Well, it's like, you got to coach the stuff too. So Mm -hmm. it's, you know, doing what you can do. So, 
some of those things that Coach Munkin's teams are always going to be is, like I said, they're going to be assignment sound. They're going to be disciplined. You're going to be run first. You're going to be tough as nails. You're going to overcome adversity. You're going to run your quarterback, and you're going to run some option. Right. We're just going to – it's just going to look different. You know, like, you know, no one was complaining when Rich Rodriguez was doing that at West Virginia. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you, you should go under center. Well, it's because he's a really good coach. When Chip Kelly does that at Oregon and UCLA now, no one's bitching at him that he should be going under center and his teams are – they're, they run the ball. Like Chip Kelly, I think they were last year at UCLA, kind of now that he's into it. I mean, I think they were like fourth or fifth in the nation in rushing. Uh-huh. Kansas is Kansas is the same. They run the hell out of it. Yep. We met with them in the offseason. They do an un, their staff is so good. And they, because they coach their asses off. Right. And they're, then their, their kids love them. And so it's, it's way less the plays in the system. It's, it's kind of who you are and what you're good at. And, I always, I always say really good offenses can answer three questions always. What do you need to do to win? What does your staff have the knowledge and time to teach? And then who are your best 11 players and what do they do well? If right. you can answer those three questions all the time, like, man, you're in pretty good shape. So just, you know, this whole Army tried something 21 years ago and it didn't work. And so it'll never work again. Like, I don't know, man. Coastal Carolina, no one ever heard of them ever. They went, they, they went in the gun and have had, I think, you know, they've won as many games as anybody over the last five years. So right. I'm just, I'm just, you know, I know, I know there's some old school under center triple guys that'll hear me say this and puke and hate me forever. And I don't care. Like, that's how it is. Like, that's how football is. So it's not, it's not in a, it, it's, you can it's how you coach your system that allows you to do that and coach davis who was the last oc here knew that stuff and knew it phenomenal mm-hmm. like better than i can blink breathe and walk knows it better than anybody knows it he's awesome at coaching at it so you know when we brought in coach thatcher from nebraska carney nebraska carney go and look they had won i don't know one game two games over a four-year stretch and they got Drew in there, and Coach Lynn as the head coach, and Drew in as the OC, and then they just started rolling people uh-huh. and run, running the hell out of it and throwing it really well, complimentary, and you know, you find good coaches and let them coach with what they're doing, and this is what Coach Thatcher knows how to do really well, and he's awesome at it, and he's not only awesome at it, he's a great fit for Coach Munkin, and he's a great fit for West Point and our kids, and it's exciting. It's exciting. Uh-huh. He's a good problem solver. He's really, really sharp. So, you know, his system and he does a great job calling it and complimenting it and that's that's how systems work. Right. Um so long-winded answer, I apologize, but I just I, you know, and I know, I know it's coming. The first time we don't get it on fourth and one this year. <laughs> Holy cow. Better oh, turn man. the Twitter mentions up. Better was- note mute the Twitter notifications because yeah, you're an idiot. You're a loser. You guys should have been going under center. Why would you snap it five yards back to go one foot forward? All you know, let me have. <laughs> I I was just thinking all, that all all real original stuff. <laughs> you I, know what I mean? I'm, so I may whatever. have to I may have to text you and be like, tell me the best one you got because I oh, know it's going to happen. Oh, it's a real thing too. Like I, you know, it's funny we can laugh about it now, but there's just a whole different world now that like. Our, last year we had our our center was our team captain uh-huh. and he's like Captain America. He's like if you've ever seen the movie Twins, he's like the Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> character. He's like 
fit, perfect guy, but positive, great leader, like smartest kid at West Point, like the best person you could ever create as a human being. Right. The kid, Connor Bishop. Well, last year in the Army Navy game, we were driving and got in the gun for a couple series. And for whatever reason, he thought he heard. There was like two, we got all the way down to like the 20 yard line. And for whatever reason, he thought he heard the quarterback like go through the cadence. So there was two plays like in a row where he snapped the ball backwards over the quarterback's head when he wasn't ready for it. We lost like 60 yards. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a disaster, right? Right. We end up winning the game at double overtime and you know, you celebrate and it takes forever to get off the field. So I'm, I'm riding in the back of the bus near him back to the hotel. And I see him like on his phone, like laughing. And I'm like, what? And he showed me like, like, just hundreds of people tweeting at him that he's this dipshit loser for snapping the ball and what, you know, like just trashing him on Twitter because they immediately can like find them, find the access. So there's a whole different deal that kids have to deal with now that I think a lot of coaches lose sight of, or, or maybe they don't lose sight of it, but they sure, certainly don't appreciate it. Yeah. You know? And it was funny because we won, but you lose that game and all of a sudden all that stuff takes a totally different hole on somebody's mental health it's not a throwaway laugh at thing right right so you know i just i know i know it's coming first first fourth and one we don't get here it comes and and they're waiting they probably got a couple of them sitting in their sitting in their drafts already (laughs) oh yes i'm friends with oh trust me so am i I, so am i what are you doing why are you guys doing yeah well i don't know you know now we tell receivers Hey, we're going to throw for 2000 yards as opposed to 400. That sounds a lot better to wide receivers. Well, you get yeah. good receivers. Yeah, of course it does. I know high school coaches that do that. There's a great Illinois high school football coach, coach Joseph. He's at Moral Foresight Decatur. He'll straight up tell you. Oh yeah. He'll straight up tell you his first 6 or 7 years as a head coach, they were power eye doing this, doing this and he was a below 500 coach. Then he started to realize I need to get the basketball players out. I need to get these kids out. So He's like, I can, what if I just line up in shotgun, still run the ball, but then find ways to get them the ball on jet sweeps, just throw them a hitch and let them make plays and be athletes. Now he's been, he's won a state title. He's been to a state title game so many times. He'll be a Hall of Fame high school football coach just because of that tweak. And he goes, he's told me, Steve, I still run the old school stuff. We were just talking about Florida and Tim Tebow, that type of stuff. It looks, you're running wing T stuff, but it's out of spread. And it gives you yeah, stuff to looks- do. It looks appealing enough to get the one thing I would tell you, like this will be my 21st season coaching. The one thing I will tell you that I'm like, I'm still more amazed by than ever is the teams that win consistently, you know, and like, and not only win consistently, but like just really do a really good job every year. Mm-hmm. You are shocked at how simple they typically, they usually are. Yeah. Like they have a couple, you know what I mean? Like, you watch, like, in all critical situations and scenarios, it's probably the stuff they put in the, on day one install of fall camp. Mm-hmm. And they're really good at it, and they know who they are, and they're consistent, and they have answers. And that's, to, to me, like, you can execute. Like, to me, that's what makes you really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I, I, you know, I heard uh, Jim Tressel say this a million years ago, but he was just like, you know, Orlando pays. He's like, why are good skill guys so important? He's like, well, as good as Orlando Pace is, he can block one guy. 
an account for one guy. He's like, but you get the ball to a good skill kid, mm-hmm. and he makes you know breaks a couple tackles or makes a guy miss. He can count for two or three guys on a play, right? And that's true. So it's about you know who are your best eleven players? What do they do well? Yeah, so, I. I'm friends with high school coaches that will maybe listen to this and they know who they are. They're big under, they love army. Like when we talked about army and Navy, they love old school stuff. So that was the thing. And they, they straight up knew like, it's not true triple option anymore. They knew it, but they like, they love the old school. And I was the guy that came. Well, not, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to say we used, we, when COVID hit, a couple of people started a podcast and that's where it became from. And I started talking to these guys I was the guy on there that said, I love being in shotgun. I fell in love with Mike Leach's air raid stuff, but I also love me a good, like, Gus Malzahn type of offense. I love the pistol. I love doing all that stuff. And they like being old school. So it was always, you know, Army runs this, Navy runs this. They love it. So when the article changed, we saw the article, a couple of them I've had on here off the record, I asked them, what did you think? What do you think? They're coming to my side, you know, trying to be an ass. Like, hey, what do you think about this? And they're like, they're going to struggle. Like, everybody's saying that. They're going to struggle because that's not who they are or how they can control the clock. And I said, well. So I mean, here, here's what I want to know. Why, if you call a play under center, right, you call zone dive or veer option or crap, right. call it under center and snap it with two, how come you can't get in the gun and run the same play at the same tempo? Why does everyone think you automatically, if you're spread or your gun, like to me, it's not like 2000 in the year 2000, when like when Rich Rodriguez had it going, you said the word spread to people. They all hated you because they thought it was like BYU spread chuck oh, yeah. it and throw yeah. it every play. And it's soft and you can't run. And we, if you're an option football coach, you will like army more now because we will run more option than we have in a long time. It's just going to look different, mm-hmm. you know, like that, that to me, I think Florida, when Tebow was there, they're like one of the, maybe the only team in college football history. I had like six, seven, eight guys, something like that run for 500 yards in the season. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you can run it like Gus Malls on teams. Like you were saying, they run for over 3000 yards a season. And to me, yep. that's what you got to, you, you have to be able to run it to win it. And we're, we're still going to run option. We're going to run a ton of option, what? but It'll look like how everybody else does it. And we're, we're not going to, not all the time, but we're not going to go, we'll change tempo like everybody else. Right. Well, sometimes we'll go real slow and sometimes we'll pre-snap shift in motions and sometimes we'll go real fast and we'll have a couple one-word calls and all that stuff that like, you know, re- consistently across the board, you look at, you know, stuff that Lincoln Riley and Chip mm-hmm. Kelly and Lane Kiffin and I mean, just the stuff that everybody's doing it, but it's like, you know, Florida State's got it going now, and they run the ball really well. They run it from the gun. Jamie Chadwell's ran it. You know, he's Liberty now, but Coastal, man, they were as successful as you could ever be. Well, that's what I told some people. I'm like, they're running option, but they're doing it from a pistol, and they're doing cool things off of it. And nobody complained. Like you said, nobody complained about it. That became the new sexy offense. You know, like Gus, when he came onto the scene, and I remember like 2013, that was the sexy thing. Him, Brent Deerman, like that was the thing. Uh, Mike Leach's stuff was always the sexy thing because it was air raid. Then Coastal's doing this stuff because football's making a big circle now and it's coming back to some of that stuff. And that's the big sexy offense. Like I wanted film on it. People wanted film. That was the new thing. Yeah. 
And it is. It's awesome football. It's really it's hard to defend. Their kids do it really well. You can change, you know, how you block the perimeter. And it for it truly forces defenses. To me, that that's that's my whole thing is like <clears throat> that regardless even of the play families you're gonna run, if it allows you to recruit the best players mm-hmm. possible at all eleven positions, you're off to a good start. Mm-hmm. And if it forces the defense to be able to defend the whole field, you've made life on yourself way easier. Mm-hmm. And and from the gun, like it's uh, it's undeniable. Like you can throw the ball mm-hmm. so much easier and better. Whether that out of the gun, I don't care if whether if it's play action, if it's drop back, if it's downfield, if it's you know quick game, if it's perimeter stuff out beyond the numbers. It, there's a reason why everyone does it. It's good yeah. football. Yeah. Um. I've I heard it all already. I've seen it already. I know you have, but it was kind of embarrassing. So on this podcast, I do more than talk to coaches. I get out here and talk about Illinois football. I grew up by Champagne. I talk Illinois football. I love what they're doing. And then I talk certain things. I saw that article. So I said, I'm hopping on here and talking about Army. It's titled Army's Changing Offenses. And I specifically said on here, and people listened to it, I said, do you think they're going to come out and be an air raid team or do you think they're still going to run the ball? I said, they're probably going to still run the football. I said, don't be – and I even said this. I'm glad you said it. I am on record saying don't be surprised if you still see option because you can still do option. And then I said, if they do RPO, guess what RPO is? It's still triple option, quote-unquote, because you're reading somebody. Sure. It's all the same. I said, the, all, the only difference is the pitch is overhand. Yes. And the, some, some computer guy in the press box counts it as something different. Mm-hmm. But it, it's under, under center veer option, guys. Well, if it's third yeah. and one and you call, you know, midline because you thought he's going to just crank it to the fullback and pick up the one yard, but he pulls it and pitches it and you gain 18, mm-hmm. you're not pissed about that. No. Nope. You know what I mean? Well, it's, just, it's the same principle. We'll, we will run the hell out of it and, you know, we'll run the quarterback and we'll run a bunch of option and we'll throw it off of it. And it, it all comes down to, like you said, it's like the, the what, what Jamie Chadwell did that got everybody mm-hmm. peaked. He won. You know, you got to win. And that's, you know, it's a little, that's, that's why it worked. You know what I mean? That's why everybody liked it a lot. And that's, we got to do that here. We got to continue to do that. But I'm telling you, as long as coach Munkins here, he produces winning football programs. That's what he does. Right. Well, because every time a a division one job opened up, it was to bring coach Munkin in and the people I'm friends with, they may not be friends with me anymore if they listen to this or no, but immediately they would say, bring in Munkin because we got to have that triple option at like, because when Illinois job opened up before Bielema, they were saying, bring Jeff Munkin in. And I said to them, do you think he's going to run true triple option at Illinois if they hired him? No, because look at the big 10 and look how it's structured. It's not, no offense to people that run it. It just wouldn't happen because Ohio State's athletes are going to beat them. You know, they're ready for it. I said, now bring him in for culture stuff. I said 100%, because like we said, I know all the Munkins around here. That's just what it's going to be. But that was the big thing was yeah. bring the triple option to a Big Ten or whatever, and it's going to start to trickle down because Army almost beat Michigan, because Army almost beat Oklahoma, and that's why they need to run triple option. And I think that's why people are so upset to see that it's changing because they're like, well, look, they, they can beat with the Big Ten and, and, and uh, Big 12. And so I think that's where a lot of it comes from. But I'm like, I'm glad you said that Coach Munkin didn't just make this decision 
like this, he's like, this is is something that you think about for a while. Listen, the people who don't know Coach Milken, like we don't order a pair of workout shorts if he hasn't thought about it for every (laughs) angle possible for weeks on end. Like, right. Like we don't, he, we don't do anything that he hasn't put meticulous amounts of planning and thought into. I mean, like you have a conversation with the guy, it's like, Jesus, you've been thinking about this for like 15 years. Mm-hmm. It's, it's incredible. He's unbelievable. And yeah, I mean, the guy puts a ton of stock and thought into every meticulous detail into every single thing that we do. And he's the hardest working guy in the whole building. I mean, that's why, that's why the, the place has so much success. Now, I, I do know this, like a big, in my own personal opinion, I guess I haven't talked to anyone to confirm this, but like one of the biggest reasons you don't see power five teams run under center flex bone triple is because like their big recruiting pitch is like, go play in the NFL. They're like, that's mm-hmm. a, that's a big separator between who gets who right. in those, in those systems. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's a, that's a big deal. So, you know, I, again, I mentioned I've listened to that podcast with Jeremy Shockey on it. Uh, pardon my take with, with his episode. I, I would tell you, if you're a coach, go listen to what he – because he played at Miami. And he talked about when Miami was in the heyday and, like, how recruiting worked then mm-hmm. and, like, what the culture of the program was like. And, and it was about winning and going to play in the NFL and, like, kind of what Alabama and Georgia are now is what Miami was then. And he talks about that and, and – and to be naive to your ability to recruit the best possible, the best players possible is, is insane. Cause all the plays work when your players are good, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like that yeah. it's, it makes, you know, it makes life a lot easier on you. And, and that's how it goes now for all the people, you know, that, and that's the other thing coach Munkin's done here is, you know, West point has, is not the same as it was when Ulysses as Grant went here. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> the the people that go here look different and function different. And, you know, that's why coach Munkin kind of branded the offense. He's like, you know, they, in world war one, they used to fight in trench warfare, which was, a you know, horrific. Well, he's like, well, things have evolved mm-hmm. and they don't fight wars like that anymore. There's no battles that are like that. Well, why would you keep saying, well, that's how we used to win wars. We got to keep doing it that way. Well, it's like well, our, the army's evolved, West Point's evolved, and mm-hmm. now it's time for us to do it. You know, it's like I said, it's not, you know, it's hard to find a bunch of high school teams that are still doing that. And then they got it, you know, I mean, think about that finding, finding an under center triple option quarterback where you don't have to project them, right? You just mm-hmm. get to watch the product. Okay. That means you got to find a guy who runs the system and is, you know, athletic enough and good enough to play major division one football and he's got to be an unbelievable student and he's Uh got to want to be in the military and he's got to want to go to a place that challenges him every day. And he can't have anything medically disqualify him from being at West point. Like, and we have to find him in recruiting and the other academies don't want him. And you know, like it's all of a sudden there's a lot of ands in there. You know Uh what I mean? Right now, if you're looking for a gun based quarterback, think about what that just did to your pool. Yeah, it's every kid in high school. Yeah, every kid in America does that. Right. So it makes your pool of candidates a lot better. And and I'm telling you, just in these first recruiting half a class in the last class and and the first half of this class, 
I can tell you it has made an astronomical difference. So now if a kid, want, hey, I, I, you know, my parents are in the military and I really want to go to an academy and I play receiver, which academy are you going to go to? <laughs> We're you're a quarterback and, yeah. and you think you might want to play in the NFL, which academy are you going to? Right. You're a running back and you want to play in the NFL. You're an old lineman and you want to pass protect and pull and do all, you know, be big and be able to be big enough where NFL teams might want you. Which academy are you going to go to? You're a tight end. You got what army going to play with a tight end every play, and he's going to line up off the ball and in the in the backfield and on the line of scrimmage and catch passes in the flat. Like, which one of those sounds like it's going to get you ready to play in the NFL? Right. You know I mean, like, if if you're lucky enough to do it, I'm just saying. Like, obviously, our kids come here for different reasons and a million reasons, but that's that matters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Well, so no one complained about Alabama when he switched from power eye to <clears> what they do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it's the it's the myth of and it's hard i i do get it like our, i feel the 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 fans and the triple option coaches i get it because especially when you seem like well when is army our mm-hmm. army crushed it in the 40s with red blake and what were they doing had two eisman three eisman trophy winners cup like three national championships running that stuff and then they were down for a long time and, and kicked around a lot of different stuff and coach monkey came back running that stuff and floored everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he, he's won, I think, our Army's in the top 20 in, in, in FBS football in the last five years in the nation and wins. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. like he's won the three of the last four or three last five CIC trophies. And I mean, but here's the other thing is that Coach Munkin isn't a coordinator. He's a head football coach. He's a CEO and he builds culture and gets everybody to be detail-oriented, organized and tough and yep. competitive. Yep. And that's what drives him. He doesn't, you know, he's not sitting there going, well, we should have ran power on fourth and one instead of zone dive. And we should have done this. And should. That's not how he coaches football, which is awesome because he's not a, you know, when it works, great job. When it doesn't, well, how come, you know, one of those hindsight guys. Mm-hmm. So he's awesome to be a part of. So I would just tell everybody, you know, so I, I understand that part of it from an army, you know, like, it's hard because you've seen them be so good doing that thing. But at the same time, like it's not going to be, you know, 10 personnel air raid, throw it 72 times a game. Like we are going to be a coach Mm -hmm. Munkin team, a violent, violent discipline, run heavy offense. Mm -hmm. It'll just look, it'll look different when you watch it on TV. So I I said that on here too. I said, guys, it'll be fine. It's going to be okay. So <laughs> I just, I, I just, I, I know how it works and how it's going to work. And I get the apprehension, but the, there's, like I said, when Rich Rodriguez got it rolling and I mean, <laughs> like there's some of that stuff, there's some of that stuff that when people do it, it, it just goes, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, so but there's, there's, there are, there have been, pieces of schematic football that have evolved as well as rules mm-hmm. and cultural pieces at the high school level that have forced the evolution of offense. And it happens in cycles. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I think some of the under center pro style stuff with boots off of it and like what the Broncos looked like in the mid and late nineties, I think that's going to be the next stuff that starts to cycle itself back in. Yep. Yep. So 
nothing wrong with that. No. So we just we and that's that's the other big thing too is that we want to be different than our academy counterparts. It was very difficult last year. You know, we got off to a a slow start because some of those rules. You know, your lineman can't go cut a linebacker at three yards anymore. Mm-hmm. So there's some of these like there's there's some of these nuanced rules that have gotten changed that have made it really really difficult to run specific scheme and play series. So. You know, it was it, it was time, and then you offer a different you offer a different alternative than what the other two academies offer offensively. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a big that's a that's a recruiting niche in itself. So right. you can see, like there there there's multi layers of what what this is going to go and what or why it went this way and what it's going to look like. And like I said, we're just we're lucky we got Coach Thatcher because he's a rock star and he's really really good. Well, that was the other thing is. It was like, hey, they got you and him who know what this is. It's not like they're, it's not like an OC there that was triple option. All right, now you got to run this. Like you said, if you know it, yeah, you're gonna do it. So that's what I actually told people. I said, if you read the article, which is super long, and I read it, I'm like, Coach Drickle, look what he did. Look at his coaching career. He knows this stuff. You know, Coach Thatcher, like they know this stuff, so it's easy to come in, and they know what Coach Bunkin's about. So, like, it's gonna no fit doubt. together. Like, and, and listen, like, it's not, you know, it's not like you just get in the gun and everything's all sunshine and roses either. <laughs> right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that, you still fight the same battles, you're still going to fight. But, yeah, exactly. Like, that that to me is, you know, you're bringing in, you know, the, the staff. You know, we got Darren Page from Cincinnati, who's really good, and Aaron Smith, who coached at UConn, who's a really, really successful coach and play caller there. Um, Coach VD, who is the National Assistant Coach of the Year, who coaches the O line here with me, and, and uh, you know he's coached fullback. He could do anything. Vidi's one of those guys who could. If you told him to like, you have one month. You either have to be an astronaut or a lawyer, and we'll flip a coin and tell you with ten days to go. He would figure it out and be the best at it. <laughs> he's just he's just really really good. So you have that, and kids, like I said, like we we were really fortunate because we had transitioned really and become a much more power running attack mm-hmm. than what we uh, than than true like flex bone option team. So we'll be every single one of our old linemen will be over three hundred pounds up front, and you know we'll have some big physical quarterbacks, and so we're I mean obviously we're really really excited. We just mm-hmm. you know you gotta. Winning cures all. So you yes. got to keep continue the success we've had and make it better. And that's that's the goal. That's what we certainly want to do. So, yeah, no, I was, I read that. And I was kind of excited. I was like, oh, it's going to be curious to see what they do and how it's going to look. And I was excited for it. I'm like, this is going to be cool. And then I read everything and I'm talking to people. I'm like, well, you guys got different opinions and that's okay. Uh, I, you know, I hope, I hope everyone did. Sports Illustrated came out and spent a week here. Yeah, and they went into like every detail of everything we could do, and sat in on meetings, and talked to everybody, and spent a bunch of time with Coach Munkin. And Coach Munkin does a phenomenal job. If you haven't had a chance to read it, it's a Sports Illustrated, mm-hmm. and I believe I believe the title of it is No Other Option. And yes. Coach Munkin talks about uh, you know the whole philosophical switch, and like I said, if you're you know if you've been a Coastal Carolina fan the last couple of years. You've been cheering and celebrating and have a lot to have fun with, you know, and, and that's what those guys are doing. So yeah, it, it goes back to you just got to continue to have success. Like as long as you're having success, that 
cures all. Yeah. So I would just I would just tell all the option guys and army fans like see it first. You don't need to just hate it right out of the gate because it's different. Yeah. Like it could it could be the coolest thing you've ever seen. You yeah. Know? Like that's all that's also a possibility. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. People people lose sight of that. Yeah. But I get it. Like I don't I don't try new foods. My wife's like you might love it. I'm like I'm probably gonna hate it. So I get how the human <laughs> I get how the human brain works. I'm the same way. You know, I'm from the country. We're very simple folk. And then you come to the suburbs and you got all that. I'm the same way. I'm like, all right, I'll get out of my comfort zone here a little bit and then do yeah. that. It's like I go out to eat, man. It's like, dude, it's going to bend up as a burger and fries or like <laughs> a steak or chicken fr- chicken figures. Right. Like, I don't need all this. I have a rule with my wife, man. I sit down. I can't pronounce the stuff on the menu. It's time for us to go somewhere else. <laughs> right. I'm a, Simple guy with simple needs. So I am too. Yeah, I don't. This title says "Find a way to win." Jeff Monk and Army in the pursuit of modern football warfare is what it says. Yeah, it's a great article. It's awesome. It's long. It's really thorough. But I'm telling you, if you want insight into the program and to the some stuff to think about, like if you're a head coach or you're a coordinator, I'm not telling you. It's just, just that alone. It's worth reading, just because it it gives you a lot of things to think about. Oh yeah, you got some quotes I, in here too. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I was actually over in uh, my wife and I just came back from London, uh, England, and Scotland. So I was actually over there in Oxford when uh, the day the article came out. But I, I like the now. Obviously, it, everyone was super supportive and really excited and loved the article and. But there's a couple of my under center triple friends that I didn't hear from so much, so <laughs> I get it. But I would tell you the article the, the article's great. They did a phenomenal job uh, writing it and covering it, and I thought Coach Munkin gave incredible insight into his thought process and 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 the logic and reasoning behind it and in how his brain functions as a head coach. So it's a valuable read mm-hmm. for anybody. You know, not specific offensive football talk. It's just it's a really good it's a really good coaching resource. Well, uh, then it's kind of funny because you guys had to like justify it. If somebody else changed their offense, they're like, "Oh yeah, they're going to do this this year." Army, you guys had to go into depth because it was groundbreaking, and I thought that was kind well, of funny. And, yeah, it's awesome, but like at the same time, too, people just can't. It's like you said, like you watch our games the last couple of years, like triple option might be the last. Uh term I would use to describe us, but people Uh just, it's like brand association. You know what I mean? Like they just associate, like when I was a little kid, Huffy, Huffy were the cheap crappy bikes. Yep. Huffy could come out and make the Rolls Royce of bicycles, but people my age are going to go, that dude's riding a Huffy. That bike sucks. (laughs) Like it's the same, like you're like the brand piece of it is so important. You know what Uh I mean? Yeah. Yeah. were Huffies, were Huffies still a thing when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yep. Yeah. Like, everybody wanted the GT and the Mongoose uh-huh. and the Specialized. And you had a oh, Huffy, yeah. you were like, God, damn, this, this sucks. Mm-hmm. That bike sucks. It does. So, <laughs> so it's it's like the it's like you said, like the branding is, though. I called Drew yesterday, and I heard Greg Olson be like, yeah, it was like calling an Army game. I was like, damn it. <laughs> like, you just, yeah. It's hard to escape that branding piece. So it's really good, like from a recruiting standpoint that sports illustrated did that. And it's given some visibility and some, some, uh, 
some, I guess, forecasting as to what to watch and look mm-hmm. for this year. Yeah, it's just, we all know how Twitter works. I like to read, and they're like, oh, he just wants to be like everybody else, blah, 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 and you're just reading it, and 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 I even said it. I'm like, do you think that he just made – they don't make those decisions just because. Like, do you think Nick Saban made that decision when they went from power eye to spread power eye stuff because they still run the football? No, he saw what recruiting would do and where it was going, so he was ahead of his time. Going, and correct yeah, me if and I'm, this stuff's hard, harder to defend. It is. It's hard. It's not harder, but it's hard. Anything done well is hard. But yeah, I mean, like anybody who knows, if you know Coach Munkin at all, he doesn't do anything to be just like anybody else. No, being like anybody else is the last way I would describe him to anybody on earth. Well, I mean, like he's any Munkin for that matter. Yeah. Well, I know I know this one pretty good, but the rest—they're all super good people, and they all love football. I mean love football like I, oh, yeah. I explain coach Munkin like this to people I'm like when you watch him work like you know when I was a head coach we won a lot of games and I had a lot of fun and it was awesome and all that like coach Munkin is as good of a head football coach as there is because he can go in like a 30 minute window and he can meet with the coordinator about the game plan for the game and then go talk to the equipment guy about the kinds of shirts we're going to order and then go meet with a booster who's going to give a million dollars to the program and then go meet with a media guy and then go meet with the operations person about hotel accommodations and he treats every one of these conversations like it's the most important conversation he's ever had in his life and he's it's it's sincere it's genuine Mm -hmm. like he is just he's a machine like that and he's a really i mean he's a great guy like i tell people this all the time like Coach Lincoln is very hard, and he's very tough, mm-hmm. but he's totally transparent, and he's 100% consistent. So you know exactly what his expectations are of you, or what his standards are in the program. There, there is no gray area. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? With, with him, which is awesome. So it makes working for him and following him as a, as a, from a leadership standpoint so easy. And so motivating, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, he's, you know, I played for a guy named Randy Scott, who was a high school coach at Bettendorf. And it's just like, you, you want to do everything the absolute best you can. Cause the idea of letting him down would crush you. Mm-hmm. And that's like, like, I don't know what the fuck, like what's more valuable than that. It ain't the plays you run. You know what I mean? Like people win all the time by running pro style spread air raid option odd front defense odd stack even front over under cover two combination coverages man coverage blitz all the time mm-hmm. static defense none, none of that shit means as much as people want it to right like you got to have the foundational pieces that matter the most and then be flexible to tailor and to the the people around you coaches and and weather and recruiting areas and like the way you know i heard a guy explain to me in recruiting, and I thought this was one of the smart. Now he's not at the school anymore, so I don't want to say his name, but it was one of the smartest things I've ever heard. He's just like, listen, when if you recruited a place like Boise State or North Dakota State or even West Point, like you're probably not getting the majority of your roster from your backyard. Uh-huh. So you build your recruiting department different. You you would build your recruiting. This is him saying what he would do. Uh, you build your recruiting department to cast a wider net and get more evaluators. You got to find more people. 
but he was at a place where there was four power five schools all within about an hour and a half of each other. So he's like, so whoever comes in here is visiting the other three on the same trip. And we don't sign anybody from outside of like a three hour radius. So they build their whole recruiting department, the complete opposite. It's all about like interpersonal connections and customer service and you know, when they're physically here, they feel special and feel really good. I thought that guy, and now he's the runs the recruiting department at one of the the bluest blood program in mm-hmm. college football. So I thought that was like really, really smart. That yeah. you, like it's two totally different ways to go about doing the same thing. Right. Right. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I think football. There's a lot of similarities. Like that actual schematic piece of it, I think there's a ton of carryover to that. Yeah, well, you got to. The thing I took from it was, well, like you said, you can't. Not saying you what you guys did was insanity because the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. You guys were winning, but it was like, how do we get over the hump? And if you're willing to do that, and you think outside the box a little bit and say, well, this is what we're going to do. This is how the the rules are. This is how the games change. If you don't change with it, you're kind of left behind. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, it was, a. I mean, that, that whole no cutting thing, man. That's oh, yeah. a big deal. Yeah. Uh, like I really, I, I really truthfully, I thought more team, more spread teams were going to bitch about it because like, like, you know, I, you know, coaching online, you run like perimeter screens, right? Like your screen mm-hmm. off your drop back game and all that stuff. Like almost everybody coaches their linemen to cut in space. Mm-hmm. Almost everybody. Cause they can't stand up and block people. Yep. So some of that stuff, the back, like outside zone teams or wide zone teams, that was real. Like that changes the way you can block Yep. the backside. A lot of those plays. Yep. So I really thought there was going to be more blowback from some of the conventional spread teams than us, certainly. Cause you know, the, there's some of those really specific technique pieces that spread teams and, and conventional offensive teams coach and use that should have been impacted as well. But now you're starting to see a big trend right now in college of like way more 21 and 12 or like a hybrid quick 21 personnel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's really neat to see just the constant evolution of it. Yeah. But I will tell you this, I've coached in every kind of offense there is. And the one thing I'm certain of scheme wise, that is the best having a super good quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you have a super good quarterback, all your stuff usually works pretty good. Oh yeah, we're so we're dealing that, with that right now. That's yeah, that's the quest. You know, like I don't know, I you know, I'm sure a lot of people run mesh, but Lincoln Riley gets to do it with Baker Mayfield and <laughs> J- Jalen Hurts and yeah. this kid they got now, and who's Kyler Murray won the Heisman Trophy, like. You know, he's pretty smart because he recruits all the best quarterbacks and coaches mm-hmm. the shit out of them. So that's pretty smart. Well, yeah. So that that to me makes all the the plays work well so well. We're dealing with that right now. Actually, we came into the summer thinking if this guy's our quarterback, our our senior, this is the type of offense we're going to be. Guess what? He ain't coming back for football his senior year. Six three two hundred some six three two hundred some pound quarterback, not coming back. And so that's hard living. Oh, so we were like, um. Maybe we're not a spread 11 personnel team. Maybe we got to be 20 personnel, 21, and throwing a young quarterback in there. So now we're like, we got to change a little bit, tweak it a little bit. And that's what we're doing right yeah. now. 
I tell I, I I say this whenever I do clinic talks on offense, but uh, just I think the biggest lie you're ever told in sports is only the strong survive. I think that is that's just not true. Mm-hmm. The things that survive are flexible and can adapt. That's who survives. And I don't care if it's, you know, if a meteor hits the earth or and the dinosaurs versus insects and who can adapt the fastest and survive or if it's hey, here's a new piece of technology and who needs to learn it. Oh, we're, man, I don't get Twitter and I don't understand email. Like Those guys don't hang around very often. Right. Well, it's the same thing. Like, if you're just going to keep doing the same thing the same way over and over again. People catch up. There's uh-huh. too many smart people and too many smart coaches. So mm-hmm. you have to have the ability to tweak and adjust and grow a little bit from year to year and game to game. And I mean, like, like look at the 49ers last year. Yeah. Like Brock Purdy. People <laughs> didn't think very much of him coming into it. And like Kyle Shanahan, I ran that system and they just, I think he won like eight or nine games in a row, didn't he? Yeah, it was some crazy. Like, just came I mean, in like they didn't skip a beat. I mean, eight or nine games in a row. Yeah. I mean, he's going to the NFC Championship game. And if he hadn't gotten hurt, who knows? I mean, he might be a Super Bowl champ right now. But like that, that to me is what's like Kyle Shanahan. Like, that's as good a coaching as you can. Yeah do is you, you do what that kid can do really well. Right. And he won a million games at Iowa State starting there for three or four years. And so to me that's that's the battle everyone's fighting is how do you adjust enough to where it, it strengthens you but not enough to where you get away from your you know pulls apart your DNA of who you are. Mm-hmm. So to me that's the battle you're constantly fighting on a teeter totter and and how to to create balance in your in your program yeah schematically yeah like we were a spread sidecar team we have 11 personnel sometimes sometimes 20 personnel this year i came in looked at our stuff and i said hey our run game ain't gonna change maybe we go straight pistol so we can get downhill because we don't have the running backs that have the vision like you have to adjust and we've yeah, done it absolutely we've done it and the quarter, the running backs are struggling with the footwork because they're so used to sidecar. Even though I think it's easier, you're just stepping and getting downhill. But I'm a, I'm an idiot, and so I'm like, maybe it's not easy. I don't know, but, and they were like, how does this change schematically? I'm like, well, we're just getting extra blockers. We're gonna block this way, this way, but our pass doesn't change. The, like this, the run game does not change. Like my linemen aren't gonna learn anything new. They just might have a tight end helping them block on the edge. Like yeah. nothing changes. It's just. I got to have this because I'm the run game coordinator. So I'm like the, the running backs are the ones are going to have to adapt here a little bit, but it's going to be easy, but you know, we don't have the vision for sidecar stuff. So cool. We'll be pistol. It's fine. We could still do stuff. And so it fits right in. It wasn't, it's not going to be this huge change. We're not going from a spread to a wing T like it's not going to be this dramatic shift. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I, I the best, the most elegant way I've heard it explained in like concise way was I had a chance to talk to Coach Kelly at UCLA. I don't know this is probably two years ago now, maybe. But he was just kind of like, yeah, you know, like, you know, you first get here, I was like, why don't you just do exactly what you're doing at Oregon? <laughs> and he's like, well, you, you can't make the same meal with different groceries. Yep. You know what I mean? Like you have different players. Like people lose sight of that so easily that, you know, once they got it going at Oregon, they were recruiting to that specific system, but he always tailored it to what those guys did well. Mm-hmm. And now same thing at UCLA, like, man, are they freaking, I mean, you put on film, yeah, like find somebody that's more fun to watch than those guys. Right. Uh, you right. know, that's, that's, that's cool. 
And it's the same thing. Like I, I give the Big Ten a bunch of credit. Like USC is going to be playing like Northwestern, and UCLA is going to be playing Iowa. Mm-hmm. Like in the Big Ten, like that's and the whole nation, like coast to coast, is going to be watching those games. Like I think that's awesome. I know it's not how it was in 1974, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, like everyone they put Penn State in, and I'm sure people hated that then. And now it's like Penn State's just a staple of the Big Ten. You know, I'm sure people were crying when we added Alaska and Hawaii to America. <laughs> so, like, I think that's. I just, I think that's the people. I think all that's just good. The constant yeah. change and evolution is cool. And shit, they put the three point line in. Now I get to watch Steph Curry. That's pretty fun. Right. Yes. Yes. You know. So it's not all bad. You know. No. <laughs> change. No. <laughs> Change? What? I don't like change. Uh, oh, I was going to say, have you seen the funny memes about, because you said, you saw, have you seen the funny memes like making fun of USC and UCLA and they're like playing Iowa in December or November and they're coming out in 2021 20, personnel or 22 oh, personnel yeah. and it's hilarious. They're like, welcome to Big Ten football like against Wisconsin. Even though I don't know what Coach Fickle will run, he may not run that, but it was just real funny. Like you're gonna come play them in November, and it's gonna be cold and snowy. Yeah, but I think that's awesome because I think then you get to like see that. That's my one gripe about the SEC is like none of them have to play in cold ever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's yeah. so awesome that you get a chance to play like Southern Cal is gonna go into Kinnick Stadium. Yeah, when it's yeah. like it might be snowing and raining and twenty four degrees and all the fans at Kinnick are breathing down your neck and letting you have it. And mm-hmm. Like that's awesome Yep. because you can win football games a million different ways. It doesn't have to look the same. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to, I, I get it that money drives all of it, that so you have to have all your championship games indoors and you have perfect weather to sell. But like, dude, people still talk about the ice bowl. Yeah. And that happened like a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. So like to me, I think that's going to be awesome. And it's the same thing. Like you might be coming from somewhere where it's nice and you might have to go play in the California heat now. And I I just, I think that's so cool for the sport of football. Yeah. And so good for the sport of football. So I I think that, I think that's going to be great. You know I mean? I know it's, you know, and they got to do a good job of like creating new rivalries. And I'm, I'm, I'm half convinced if I was ever a division one power five head coach, I wouldn't call like two guys in the conference and try to do what WWE does or W like UFC where it's like, <laughs> we're going to promote, we're going to make everyone like we're going to be at each other's throats so we can promote the hell out of our product. So everyone watches That's you know what awesome. I mean? like the Vince, Vince McMahon versus stone cold, man. Like you say whatever you want. That's a good business. If you're worried about bottom dollar, that's a good business model, man. Oh yeah, if you're if you're so, like a Rutgers and you want the money, why don't you start talking shit to them and like let's promote this, and let's get it going. I mean, you, you go watch those like Bulls and Pistons documentaries. Oh yeah, those oh, dudes yeah. are those dudes are in their sixties. Yeah, and they do not like each other still. No, they hate each other. They're in their sixties. They have children and grandchildren and have gone on and experienced ten different lives since they played, and they hate each other's guts still. <laughs> I think that's awesome. It's great. like that's so like that's way better than being like, oh yeah, we play on the same AAU team, so we get drafted by two different teams, and then a couple years later we all sign and play together on the same teams. 
Like, yeah. why is that cool? I don't know. You know, I don't know. No, like, I, uh, Michael I Jordan know. still I, hates I, Isaiah Tom. Like they hate each other. It's awesome. Yeah, dude. Like, like petty stuff. Yeah. But I think that, like, I don't know. I'm watching that on TV. You know, like a Bulls documentary comes out. Like, that's the coolest thing ever to me. Yeah. So I, I just, I, I think those, as long as they can get some more of those rivalries and things like, and I know it's different. So this is kind of a little bit of me, like old man yelling at the clouds. But <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I think that's awesome. Like, I don't, as much as the portal comes into play, I don't see someone transferring from Ohio State to go to Michigan. No. I think, you know what I mean? No. Or vice versa. I think that's going to be ingrained in their culture and what they do. And I mean, shit, like, we got beat Navy on everything. That's the best rivalry coach. You talk to Coach Munkin. He says beat Navy to you, like leaving the room. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's awesome. Like that rivalry and our, ours, you know, the rivalry with Navy isn't a hatred rivalry. It's a, it's a pride rivalry. You know, right. you just want to be the best that day and, and go. So that, that I miss, I, I, I think that stuff like that is really, really good. For the game of football. Yeah. Yeah. Or I don't know. Vince McMahon's like a billionaire now, isn't he? Oh yeah. Billionaire. Like a couple times over probably. Oh, for that's sure. That's a thousand millions, dude. Like yes. that's pretty good. Oh yeah. That you know <laughs> you know, I could live a comfortable life with that. I think somebody said uh the Big Ten is gonna bring in like a billion dollars in revenue this year, they think. Oh, it's it's crazy. Which is like, like that's crazy to me. Yeah, the, the the TV deal and the sponsors, it's gonna blow up, and then you're getting the California market. It's it's gonna blow up, and it might just be just the Big Ten and SEC eventually. Who knows? You know the the I, I'm just I'm curious with all this like the portal stuff. Like, I hope I hope kids like the next big piece I hope happens is I hope kids there's some kind of education piece for the kids in regards to decisions that they're making, you know what I mean? Cause it's so easy and you know, everybody does it and I'm, it's, it's not wrong. It is what it is, but it's, it's so easy to, I'm a kid. I make an emotional decision because I'm driving a, you know, a fancy car on my recruiting visit or I'm around, you know, the best equipment or whatever, but it's like the older you get, the less stuff like that, matters to you you know what i mean Mm -hmm. you don't remember any of it you don't so it's it's going to a place where you're going to build really good relationships with people and you're and you're you're going to get an unbelievable education a place that sets you up for your future like that's part of the reason i really really like coaching at west point i believe in what i'm doing Mm -hmm. like the football stuff aside like it's easy for me to go into illinois high schools where i recruit and tell kids like you're going to come get a world class education. I can guarantee you that mm-hmm. you're going to be surrounded by the best people in America. I can guarantee you that you're going to have an awesome job when you get out of college. I can guarantee you that you're going to have a super powerful and influential network of alumni. I can promise you that you're going to play in all, like you know in the next four years. I think we're playing in thirteen Power Five games, and you play in the Army Navy game. I can guarantee you that mm-hmm. our head coach is the two time national coach of the year. Like they should build a statue of the guy here. Like 
he's as good of a head coach as you will ever get a chance to play for. Right. Like I can guarantee you that. So then once you get kids to like, and it's not for everybody. Some kids like to flash and, and do something else and, or the commitment's too big or whatever, but there's a lot of kids that, that starts to click with them and they're like, holy shit, like uh-huh. this is a really, really, really good opportunity. This is really unique. But, right. You know, I joke with everybody. I tell every kid I recruit this in the Midwest. When you recruit to West Point, and whoever's listening to this will laugh because there are three things you immediately think about West Point that I have to get you to not think. You immediately assume, assume like, number one, you're in, like, an army, like, dress uniform with, like, a drill sergeant walking around with you, like, marching everywhere, yelling at you all the time. You Like, <laughs> you believe that's, like, what your day is like at West Point. They think we don't have, like, dorms. They think it's, like, 900 bunk beds in a warehouse, like Forrest Gump. <laughs> and they, they think the second you graduate, we're like, all right, dude, here's a machine gun. Go to the Middle East. So, like, as soon as they get here and, like, learn about it and find out that that's not what it's like here, they become much more receptive. Mm-hmm. But it is it is hard to get kids, like, you know, to listen initially, you know, like, it, it's – or, or – and moms. So, once once you get a kid – if we ever get a kid to visit campus, like, we're in pretty good shape. Right. Because then they, they see it for themselves and they're around the kids. And it's hard. It's hard on kids because – everybody's kind of doing the same thing and a coach gets you on the phone or texts you and every coach tells you, Oh, here's the best thing about my program. And they go, what are you going to major in? And then whatever the kid says, Oh, we're awesome at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it's hard for, you know, I'm 40 years old and I, I don't know anything. I assure you it was way worse when I was 17, but it's still <laughs> bad now. Right. So it's just, I really admire the kids that, that have are smart enough to realize that this is a really good situation for their long-term future and mm-hmm. for their whole lives. Like West Point's a good decision for you in your thirties and forties and fifties and sixties and seventies. Like it's always working for you. Mm-hmm. But we're about instant so gratification right now. I'm sorry. I didn't hear what you we're, said. We're like instant gratification. Like I division one coaches, oh, yeah. they tell me kids show up to campus they don't ask about the campus. They don't ask about this. They say, how much money am I going to make? That's the how new thing. Money? Yeah, that's, that. that's, I tell you what, like, that's, that's the same thing. Like, like I have not coached at a power five school as like a position coach where you're having to do that since the portal and all that stuff. Oh know? yeah. Yeah. But it's like, if you're, if you sign a high school kid to like a couple million dollar NIL deal, why does he need college? Yes. Isn't he going to college to try to get a job that pays him that much? Yes. I mean, once once you have that in hand, what's your like a guaranteed contract? It's like how hard are you going to hustle out that pop fly if you're <laughs> going to get paid twelve million dollars that year, no matter what, whether you hustle or you don't. Yep. So, like that, you know, what I'm saying like that's a whole different problem that you don't really have to deal with. Yeah, like here, we don't have to deal with with the portal at all, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah, like we're still developing teams and players and building culture. And I was going to say, you guys don't have so, to deal with all that shit. That I, I, coaches don't say recording, but they'll tell me straight up, like, "Oh yeah, kids just ask about money and they do this, and then like they're getting worn out from if they get guys leaving, and then like the guy get 
kids from the portal, like, and they just leave this summer, then you got to do that. Then, if you're getting juniors or seniors, what if they didn't play in a system close to yours? So now they're junior or senior. Now you got to get them coached up in your system in the summer. Like, they're just, it's all over the place right now. It's hard. Yeah. And, and I'll be honest with you, what's happened at West Point, like we thought, I, I shouldn't say we, I can't speak for everybody, but myself, I really thought when the portal first, they like said what it was and how it was going to work. I thought that was going to like kill army football. Mm-hmm. Cause it was like, Oh my God, well, everybody can just go get all these players and we're going to recruit high school kids. Well, that's what's happened. Yeah. Is that these really good high school players aren't getting recruited as much at all. Yep. And now like we're able to recruit much like really talented high school players that we maybe hadn't been able to recruit in the past because everyone else is just fighting it out in the portal. Yep. And it's helped us a ton. Yep. You know what I mean? Cause once, you know, once you get here, man, so there's so much support here and the kids do such a good job with each other, with the culture and like, it's hard to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the big thing is they talk about how now you got to worry about keeping kids and, Again, the Chip Kelly thing this morning I listened to was great because he's like talking about that. And he's like, we take it offensively when they leave because we're putting all this time and effort into them. But he's like, my approach is if they leave, I'm like, okay, where do you want to go? What did I do wrong? Like, how can I become better? So the next kid that comes in and I'm like, man, mentally, eventually, mentally, it's going to take its toll. So you can't save everybody. You can't save all these kids. But eventually, that mentally is going to take a toll on you where it's like you put all this effort into this kid. And to try to keep them, and then they say, "Well, I'm going to go to this school now," and you're like, "Okay," and then you now you got to replace them, like immediately. There is no going to the See, high to school. Me, to me, like I and I hope I don't offend anybody, but like that's where I think it's a bit hard to coach a place like the MAC. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I recruit against the MAC a bunch, but it's like. Isn't every kid at a Mac school now, aren't you trying to get good enough to where you can go to a Big Ten school? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, like to me, that's uh, that would be really, really difficult. Yeah. I think to, from, a, from a management standpoint, I think it's easiest if you are at a Power Five because that's where every kid wants to get and that's where the majority of the players from the NFL come from and all that stuff. And I, I think that's... I think that that portal piece, it's the same thing. You know, it was a bunch of guys sitting in a room (laughs) in the NCAA and they're just like, yeah, let's do this. Well, before we talk to any coaches or. Yeah. It's like, it's like the hill I will die on is like kicking a kid out of a game for targeting. I think (laughs) it's, it might be the dumbest thing we do in America. (laughs) I know. Let a kid playing hard, playing fast, like just, and it's not like, it's like, well, geez, it's this really complex formula. Make it the same as personal fouls. The first mm-hmm. time he does it, it's a 15-yard penalty. The second time he does it in the same game, it's another 15-yard penalty, and he's ejected. Right? Why is that hard? <laughs> that, then it's like, okay, well, did he? You know, was, did the ref get it? Did the replay, dude, you can't just kick a kid out. Like people don't understand. Like that would be like a college basketball player trying to block a shot and accidentally hitting a kid on top of the head. Yeah. And then he's suspended for four or five games. Yeah. When you think about it as a percentage of their season. Yeah. <laughs> it's the dumb. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's I, just like, I get it. The whole thing is for liability purposes. So suits don't get sued. But, yeah. you know, well, we're, we're trying to make the game safer. I don't know, man. Like, 
it's it was made like in my mind i was like oh it's made for good intentions and now it's now where it is now you're like well hold on i understand about safety i understand this but you're right like here's a warning i i used to not say anything about it because like there's nothing worse than a problem finder you know like a guy who tells you everything that's wrong when offers no way to fix it right and like i i have no ability to fix it but it's like I watched a bowl game and they kicked a, a senior out of his bowl game on the first play of the game. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this isn't this, like, this is bad. This is yep. bad for football. Yep. I guess that, that just sucks. And that's like the end of his career. Yep. I just, you know, but like you said, I don't know. I, Cause I, I don't, I don't think kids it's, it's not like when Jack Tatum played, and kids are <laughs> running around like literally trying to decapitate you right. in the back end. I don't think that's what it is at all. No, football's more safer than it's ever been. Like, yeah, and if you talk to offensive skill kids, like people aren't super fired up about just getting your legs and knees dive, dive or dove into whatever term. Yeah. Like people just launching their whole body into your knees and ankles, and like that's not good either. No, so it's like. But if I was a defensive kid or coach defense, I would tell you that's how you have to do it. And that's why you've seen all this hurdling crap come into play, and which that's not safe either. No. No, it's not. Uh, but like you said, anything in life, and we've learned it over the past few years, people sit in a room, they make a decision, and don't get input of people that are actually out there. That's why real life experience is the best experience. And they just make a decision. For sure. And they say, good luck. Good luck dealing with this. We're going to sit back and watch. Yeah. It's, like, I don't know. I, I don't know why it happens in higher education so much. I, I feel like it doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Like, the person who oversees NASA, I, I bet knows aerospace engineering. I bet it's not just some guy who's like, yeah, I got into this job. It's whatever. I'll tell all these aerospace engineers how we should do it. Yep. What's your background? I was a communications major. I was like, what? Why are you doing? You know what I'm saying? They don't let you do right. it in any other, anything else other than higher ed. Right. And politics, I guess. But it's like, why are you fit to make that decision? So, I don't know. Well, it's, it's like that in education. I respect our head basketball coach at our high school because he's a department chair. But he teaches three or four classes. And he goes, I'm going to teach the first part of the day and then do my other stuff the rest. So that way, when I meet with my teachers that I'm in charge of, I have experience in the classroom so I can tell them, like, how to do this when they come to me for questions, you know? Oh, that's and, good. And he said that to me, and I'm like, I respect that because some don't. And he's like, no, I have to keep sharp. He's like, I got to have, you know, I got to be in a classroom, and I and I got to be able to help them out because that's my job. I'm the boss. So he's like, I'm not going to sit there and tell them to do something if I can't do it. So I'm like, I respect that. You know, and and people don't think that way, though. They won't think that way. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and our head football coach, he he wants to be just a head football coach and kind of walk around, but he's been doing D-line, and he goes, well, I like to do things so that way I'm sharp, and I like to have conversations and be a part of it, so when you guys are doing this, I can be involved and I can help, especially guys that are just now getting to coaching because we can't find coaches to save our life. So you're getting coaches that have never done it before up at the high school, and trying to figure all that out. Like, we replaced three or four last year, and it took us six months to find coaches. Like, there is none. 
And so he's doing that to keep sharp. He's like, I'm not going to just sit back and do nothing. I have to be hands-on. And I'm kind of the same way. Like, I got to keep doing it to help out the younger coaches. Even if they're older than me. We have an older coach that hasn't coached before. I have to help him. And I'm like, I'm going to be hands-on and help you out. Does does This is kind of related, but does do any of the schools in Illinois, like uh, North Central or Eastern or anybody, Illinois State, do they have programs in place where – like their football players that are graduating that are going to be teachers where people can like job fair and try to get those guys offers. Cause I, I've heard that so much about like, it's getting hard to find coaches and I would try to get like, you know, you know what I mean? Like if you, if there was like, Hey, North central was like, here's our, all of our, we're having a fair one night and it's all of our graduating seniors that were football players that are going to be high school teachers or middle school teachers you can come visit with them and try to recruit them. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the other thing. There's a teacher shortage. So like your student teaching, you can coach. When you come student teach, whatever sport's going on, you can go coach and be a part of that. But I can tell you like at Eastern, it's right down the street from Charleston High School. And when I was coaching there, they said back in the day, they would have student teachers left and right. And this one, they were like, we've had three in three years. Like, there was nobody to be a teacher. And so now you're trying to get coaches that are outside of the building more now than ever before, which to me doesn't make you a bad coach, but it just the time. Like, if you're done with school at 3 o'clock, practice at 3.30, they don't get out of work till 3.30. You have to adjust. And that's been kind of the issue. And And we did that. Our head coach played football at North Central. So he has reached out and said, like, if there's guys that need to want to coach, bring them over. But if they're not going into teaching, then they don't do it because then they're going to get a job. And they're like, well, I can't be at the summer stuff. You're starting at what, 9 o'clock? Yeah. I can't be there. And But that's but then now, like, our wide receivers coach has a real job. He can't be there every day at 9 a.m. So we adjust, and we have to coach wide receivers without him. Like, that's where we're at. And yeah, That's hard. Or to be paid. It's do you have a stipend? Well, he's like, well, I'm not going to give you a stipend if you have zero years. Well, I played college football. Cool. So did I. Like, you're not going to get a stipend because we don't know what you're about. You know, you're, you may have to volunteer and they're not going to do that. So like just in Illinois, there's a shortage of teachers, teaching assistants, everything. And, you know, there's still, even in Texas, talk to a Texas coach, they had thousands of coaching jobs still open going into the season last year and teaching jobs. That's crazy. Well, a lot of people left during COVID. Like right before COVID, we knew there'd be a teacher shortage and COVID hit and bam, it just took off. And people left, people retired, uh, and it just got bad. Um, Our district, teachers are staying because they get paid a lot. But you look around at the other ones, they were leaving we're still getting messages like, do you guys have anybody that's like volunteering that wants to be a paid coach because we have stipends? They'll ask us. And we're like, oh, it's funny you say that. We're still looking for one, you know? So it's just, you can't that's find nuts. them. Oh, it is. It's crazy. And, but par- dealing with parents is driving them away. I think people during COVID realized I did. I was like, I can be at home more and I'm not doing this. Like, it thought I thought about it and I'm like, oh, this is nice. But then I start itching. I'm like, well, I got to go coach. Like, this is just who I am. You know, I coach all three. I do football, basketball, baseball. I'm like, I have to do it. 
And I think some people were like, I'm out. I can be home more. Uh, I can just do a side gig. And find something else to do that I don't have to deal with parents and and dealing with education stuff the way it's going and dealing with all that bullshit. Yeah, I'm not going to do it no more. Yeah, that makes sense. It's 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 a little better now, but I remember last year having four open spots and he was like, Steve, do you know anybody that wants to coach? And I said, around here? And I said, honestly, no, I don't. And that's crazy. Yeah, to that's me. been... That's been my only complaint about West Point is that all of our kids have 100% job placement here. So now I, I, we cranked out dudes from my Kansas Wesleyan staff. I mean, we have myself, uh, Vince Phillip is the head coach at St. Ambrose. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Meyer, Matt Myers is the head coach at Kansas Wesleyan. Mm-hmm. Myers Hendrickson's the head coach at Western Illinois. John Micheletti's the head coach at Mount Marty. Wes Fleming is an analyst at Cincinnati. Sam Camps, the OC at Western New Mexico. Charles Barnes at Wake Forest. Javon Codlins at West Virginia. I mean, we got guys. Josh Lewis is at Mount Marty as the OC. Like, we got guys everywhere. Mm-hmm. And we did, we did such a good job of, like, developing young coaches. And it was awesome because I was, like, I was chomping at the bit to either hire our own GAs or when people would call and say, Hey, I need a guy Like, I got three. You need to talk mm-hmm. to like right now. Right. And it was awesome. And now we don't, I, you know, I don't have the, that stable of young guys as much, which right. has been, cause I just know how hard that it like, you know, coaching is the, the earlier you get into it and realize it's what you want to do. It's easier to stay on that track for sure. Yeah. And I even talked to some coaches like, division one coaches and they're telling i asked them i'm like are you guys having a hard time with sometimes gas and they actually said there are times where it's taking longer to find a ga because you know maybe they don't want to sack quote unquote sacrifice like they you know like he, i'm friends with the head coach at ottawa university uh nick davis he was the head coach or the defense coordinator at rose holman for a long time and they can't keep gas there no, but he was like, I had to do it. He's like, when I got into football coaching in college, he goes, I had to live off of a $6,000 stipend for this. And I had to get him uh, food stamps and I had to do this. And he goes, now it's paid off. And he's even seen that some don't want to do that anymore because like you said, they're out of college. They don't think they should do that. They think they need to be this or that. And that's what's starting to happen. Or they get into teaching first. If they go into teaching realize, oh, I'm my starting pay for teaching in the suburbs of Chicago is $55,000, then I make 6000 coaching football, but you want me to go be a GA for six or $10,000? i am not doing it. And so yeah. some are having yeah, problems I know, with that. I, I know I can't speak for like Power 5 schools or Division One school GAs, but the smaller schools, it's getting harder and harder. Mm-hmm. It's like, a, you know, I, I see Ottawa post about every other day. They got to hire a new GA. And I know Ambrose has had a hard time. And I've talked to Vince and it's getting harder and harder mm-hmm. for yep people to find them. Yep. Because yeah, not only find them, but retain them. Yeah, that's like, the do thing. It longer. Yep. That's the thing with Nick. It was, he had some, now his OC or DCs have left and then he promotes those guys and he's got to replace them as GAs. And then, if their GPA is not up to par with the school, then they can't have them. And so 
he, he asked me that yesterday. I talked to him yesterday on here and he was like, Steve, you want to come do it? And I was like, what's the stipend? And he goes, $6,000. I said, I make more coaching football at my high school than that. So no. <laughs> and I'm too old. I said, I'm going to be 33. I'm not doing that. I'm getting too old. Yeah, no doubt. We, we did it. We worked our butt off at Kansas Wesleyan to, to like always have guys in waiting. Yeah. You know, yep. with, with players or somebody we knew and, that helped out immensely. Yeah. Well, coach, I've taken a lot of your time more than I uh, anticipated. But no, I had a good, had a good time visiting with you. I appreciate you having me on. No, you're going to be excited about everything. I was like, I hope my friends, I love arm, like want the triple option. Listen, and like, let's get it going. Get into shotgun spread stuff. <laughs> and I was all excited. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's, it's I just, I want people to, it, the, the style of play at Army football will stay the exact same. Mm-hmm. The as the visuals of it will look a lot different. Yep, that's the best way I can explain it. But I appreciate your so, time. This was awesome. You're the man. No, I appreciate you having me on. This is great.